From the studios of the Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for being with me today on Afternoons with Mike, coming to you from the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. It's happening right now during this entire week down at the World Marriott Center, and that's where I am, and that's where I've been able to catch some great interviews, and we're going to share those with you right now. Here at the NRB, and with me is Pastor Todd Coconado. Man, it's great to meet you. You're an author, you're a speaker, evangelist, and yes, you've, you're actually involved in a big way in kind of like our culture, yes. helping, helping things and really trying to draw attention to what's going on in the country that's going in the wrong direction, right? Yes, sir. Well, Mike, it's great to be here with you, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, that's correct. You know, we're, we're seeing uh, the battle that we're in, which many people say it's a cultural battle. I, th- I feel it's a spiritual battle. Uh, as a pastor, you know, looking at what the Word of God said would happen in the later days, we're seeing these things yeah, playing out. Yeah, something. Things I heard about my entire life. Right. And it, I'm old. <laughs> it, it's happening faster and faster. Yeah, it and, really is. Uh, so I think it's exciting. I mean, I kind of call it the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. Because yeah. while there are so many egregious things that are happening that are super concerning, uh, to people like ourselves, that people that love the Lord and you know live according to the Word of God, there's also an undercurrent of revival that's happening in our nation right now, where people are kind of uh, I, I think they're hungrier than they've been in, in the entire time that I've been in the mm. ministry, and we've been a, uh, I've been a pastor for about 25 years, and I've never seen it. I'm the only other time where I could think it was kind of like this was during 9/11, where everybody kind of yeah. was worried about the country and everything, but. Um, the last three years, uh, the lines at our tent crusades and uh, different things that we do around the country have never been as long of people that are you know, coming uh, off of drugs and addictions and leaving their drug sacks at the altar. And uh, it's pretty remarkable. And uh, we, we've, we've seen this all around the country. So clearly something is happening. And, right. uh, yeah. So I think what's happening is a lot of people, even if you talk to an atheist, uh, they will tell you uh, things are not right. Something's wrong hmm. uh, with our government, with our country. Uh, they see the the morality has just slipped, you know, down off the abyss. Yeah, and uh, no doubt, you, you know, there's questions with children now, you know, uh, changing genders and and you know, young age way before they should be allowed to make a decision like that, which is a life altering decision. There's just so many different things that are happening culturally that I think even those that don't have a relationship with God can see this. So I think that's what's drawing people out of darkness, and they're looking for an answer. They're looking for hope. And of course, that hope is in Jesus Christ. It really is. And you know, when we think about even the cultures, uh, like you mentioned, this whole gender, uh, it's a revolution. It is. But recently, that word was also used in a big movie that was a look back into a time frame that would be exactly what you're talking about, a move of God that yes. happened in the late 60s, That's right. early 70s. It's called the Jesus Movement. Yes. And I hear many people praying the recent Asbury United Methodist, yes, uh, sure. the seminary yep. had that outbreak. Do you, Todd, do you believe that uh, that is imminent in America, a, a kind of almost like another awakening? I do. Uh, I do believe there's going to be a great, I call it a great end time harvest before the Lord returns. I think that that is probably why we're still here as a country. Um, when you think about all the challenges uh, from a geopolitical standpoint, both abroad and at home, 
uh, you know, the financial challenges in our economy. I mean, we just hit, I think, $32 trillion in debt. Uh, You know, it's just unbelievable to think. So it's like over uh, $220,000 per taxpayer, I believe, or somewhere around those. And it was not long ago. We weren't even in the trillions yet. Exactly. I mean, I can think in in my lifetime, it's just ballooning. So you see all these things kind of coming to a head, but yet here we are. Uh, I'm still able to speak freely on your show, praise God. Um, And something is happening in the spiritual aspect, like you said, Asbury, you know, we're a bunch of kids. We're at the altar repenting. And uh, it, it just went on and on. People started converging on that small town uh, from all over the nation and world. People That's are coming right. from They're other countries. In. You know, and yeah. then you mentioned Jesus Revolution. So I have a u- unique perspective about the Jesus Revolution because one of my dear friends and a mentor is Mario Murillo, and he was involved in uh, the Jesus movement very closely. He knew yes, all the players was. in the movie. And so uh, we're actually doing a show together, and, you know, we go on tours together and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he's, he's talked a lot about that. So it's just interesting to see these things coming to life, like you mentioned, the movie, the, the Asbury, many other universities. I was just this last weekend in Louisiana in a town called Hammond, and there's been a tech crusade that's been meeting almost every night for the past year. Uh, that you know, is pe- that right? Yeah. So people don't even hear about some of these things, you know. So th- this is I call it pockets of revival. And uh, I believe at some point these these different streams, these pockets are going to come together because God is the only hope. You know, as much as it's important for us to get involved politically and vote our values and to get involved in all areas of society, ultimately the only hope for this nation and, and the world is Jesus Christ. Uh, politics will not change a person's heart. That's correct. And we know that only God can do that. And I agree with you completely. You know, as we look at this, people like yourself who are out there kind of standing in and, and shouting out to the world and, and making a point, uh, that's something that everybody's going to have to do. We're going to have to be courageous in the days to come. Would you agree? I, I'm so glad you said that. For many years, they, they said the silent majority. You know, that's what we were called. And uh, if you look at the statistics, I mean, there's a good portion, around 60 to 65% of Americans that still identify as Christian, either Catholic or Christian, Protestant. Uh, so that's a large portion of our population uh, so why is it that such a small group is steering the direction of the country? Well, I think that's because so many families, moms and dads, they're busy. They're busy with soccer practice. They're busy during the week. Some working two jobs. You know, there's inflationary challenges now. And, you know, it's hard to even make it as a family and, and to, to have all the things that we had when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, so I think just many people have been busy. And so they just assumed, you know, the people that are running the government, they're going to do what's best for us. Well, that's not really the case. I mean, if you look at the policies and you look at many of the things that are going on in our society, that's not true. So we've now come to the understanding we must not be the silent majority. We must get involved at the community level. We've got to go to the school board meetings. We've got to go to the community meetings. We've got to, some people are called to run for office in their city. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a friend, General Michael Flynn, and he, you know, he always talks about uh, local action you know, and, and local impact. You know, and that has a national, national response. You know? yeah. So we start at the local level. And he's right about that, you know, because I think, uh, you know, a lot of these things that we're seeing that have stopped some of the egregious things from a Christian perspective have been because of the local action and and people that sit up and said, no, we can't have that. That's insane. We got to, you know, we're not teaching our kids that, but it took, I think during COVID uh, where a lot of parents were watching some of the curriculum at home with their kids on Zoom meetings. It was a wake up call. They didn't realize what these kids were being taught, you know, very sexualized things and things like that. So this really kind of stirred a lot of, I call them mama bears and papa bears, but (laughs) you know, they they started getting, Hey, wait a minute, we got it. This is ridiculous. You know? So what it did was there was a backfire. 
And so this is what's happening right now is that the people are getting involved. That silent majority is no longer silent. The school board meetings are now full of parents. And I think a lot of these elected officials don't know quite what to do because they don't, they've never seen it like this. Yeah, but you think of Loudoun, what happened in Loudoun, Virginia. That's right. That has become like the, the standard or the high watermark for the way I believe communities are going to have to come in and do this vocal thing that you're talking about and parents saying, no more to this stuff. I mean, it's the, the woke ideology yeah. is going crazy right now. Yeah, and they're, and they're just going to keep pushing the needle unless the, the good folks out there say no more. We're not yeah. going to, you know, and we can't allow this. And so we still have a constitution in our country, thank God, although they're trying to erode mm-hmm. some of the religious yeah. liberty and freedom that we enjoy and we've always enjoyed. And that's why I'm in this fight. Uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, uh, when you have a good message uh, where you're able to go out there and speak facts and truth, uh, they don't really have a good argument. Uh, we have the argument according from a constitutional standpoint, from a moral standpoint, uh, even people, I even know people, Mike, even in the gay community that think that some of this woke stuff has gone way too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's not even just, you know, right, you know, people on the right or conservative Christians. I'm, I'm talking about people that are historic liberals, Kennedy liberals that are like, this is going crazy, but it's that small, it's like three to 4% that have been just pushing the envelope. I, the radical left really is what it is. And, uh, and, and the Christian community has to push back. We have to stand up. How about your story? How did you come to know the Lord? Oh, wow. Well, that's, uh, let me give you a little bit of this. Uh, so I was a child actor. Um, kind really? Of a, yeah, crazy thing. In um, L.A.? In L.A. Uh, I was wow. born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my parents uh, moved out there. My dad had a great job offer in California, so we moved out there when I was about eight years old. And from eight to 16, I was a child, you know, a child Hollywood actor. I had a great agent because if you don't have a good agent, you don't really get parts. But uh, somehow I got a great agent. So I was, you know, hanging around with Alyssa Milano and, you know, people that were the young Hollywood crowd at that time, you know, uh, crazy. Uh, Just some of the things that I saw there. And I think that God actually allowed me to see that. Uh, I actually had friends that had really bad things happen to them that were, you know, we won't get into that in detail, but you know, thank God uh, I was protected. I feel like the Lord protected me. But at around 16 years old, I told my parents, I said, uh, I just want to have a normal high school experience. You know, I was always on the set. And uh, so what happened was my mom said, well, if that's what you want. And I was making really good money, but she said, hey, if that's what you want. So I ended up finishing out high school, which was good because I did have a regular high school experience for a couple of years. But I always kept the Hollywood friends and, uh, you know, because that's who I had known for years. Mm-hmm. And so I had my Hollywood crowd and then I had my suburban like Valley, you know, in the San Fernando Valley crowd. And uh, but what happened was that Hollywood crowd started partying with illicit drugs and alcohol. And um, they were, you know, sexually per, uh, promiscuous kind of group. Mm. That's how the Hollywood crowd is. And so from 16 to about 20, that was my life. I was a club kid. I went religiously. It was almost like a church. I went to the club almost every other day uh, in L.A., and they had a really good club scene there, an underground scene. And so even before I was 21, I was in these places. I had fake IDs, and people just let me in, you know. And so uh, it all kind of came to a head. Uh, my parents invited me to a four-square convention in Honolulu uh, out there in Hawaii, and they said, you know, well, it's a free trip. Just come on out, and uh, all you got to do is go to one meeting. So I go out there. And I went to that one meeting Well, there was a gentleman named Wayne Cadero that was preaching and he just preached an amazing message. And I felt the spirit of God. And so 
I was convicted. I walked outside. I was sweating. I was like, something is going on. I got on my knees. I gave my heart to the Lord. And so then I go back home. I was living with my girlfriend at the time. And I said, uh, so I was in Hawaii and I got saved. And she's like, what, is, what <laughs> does that mean? Saved from what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, what does that mean? I said, well, I think it means we can't live together and uh, oh, things man. are going to change. And she had no idea how much it was going to change. So I ended up moving back home with my parents. Here's the crazy thing. I was making really good money as a Hollywood actor. And even after acting, I did promotions and clubs and things. And so I was hanging with these young Hollywood crowd and making good money. And so when I got saved, I had, you know, back to my parents' house. I'm all of a sudden I'm making like minimum wage. I got a job at Macy's or something like that. And uh, that was kind of what I was doing for two years. And I have a real heart for people that are coming out of the world and getting into the church because there's a period of time where you're just in oblivion, like, you know, uh, you have no Christian friends. You don't want to go back to your worldly friends because they're partying. So I was lonely and I felt kind of, I would stand in the foyer of the church and uh, just to see if anybody would come and say hi to me. And it was like, you know, only the greeters, thank God for the greeters. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for two years, that was the case. So finally I got lonely and I ended up going back to my vomit. I went back to some worldly friends because I was just so lonely. And so there was this one night I left the gym. I went to this apartment complex in Granada Hills, California. And as I'm walking through the complex, I'm going to this apartment. This guy who I think was on drugs or alcohol, he opens the door of the apartment and has a kitchen knife. And it's a very long kitchen knife and proceeded to stab me nine times. What? And yeah. And so one of them was in the heart and it went to the outer membrane of my heart. And so... This man stabbed me. I'm on the ground. I pull up my sweatshirt and he looks at me and I said, dude, you're killing me. I'm going to die. You know, and so I think he sobered up for a second, realized he was about to murder me, picks me up with this girl that he's with screaming. They get in the car that I'm driving and put me in the middle seat. So here's the girl in the front shotgun and the guy that stabbed me is driving. I said, go to Granada Hills Hospital. This hospital, Mike, was just about to close. It was in mothballs. It was only a couple weeks away from being shut down. Now it's a school. Thank God it was there because the next hospital would have been too far. Uh. They on the way to the hospital, and this is why I am a pastor today, is I went into the presence of God. I will never forget this. It was such a, a real amazing experience. And it was, it, I went tunnel vision. And then all of a sudden I'm in like this white presence of the Lord. And I couldn't see God, but I knew I was in the presence of God. I knew I was dying. And the Lord said, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, I want to live. What else do you say, right? I want to live. Yeah, right. So, you know, uh, he said, well, if you live, you got to do two things. You got to tell people that I'm real and you got to be sold out for me for the rest of your life. And so it's kind of like Isaiah chapter six, where it says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne in the train of his robe for the temple. The prophet Isaiah, all he could say at that moment, because he was undone in the presence of the Lord was send me. Right. And that's how I felt. It was like, yes, send me, you know, so. Uh, I said yes, and all of a sudden I wake up. I'm in the hospital. I don't know how I got from the car to the hospital. Uh, I don't know what happened to the guy that stabbed me or my car. I don't know any of this happened. But all I know is I'm in the hospital, and the nurse is looking at me, and she says, There's, you should be dead. You should not be alive. And I knew that that was true, and it was a miracle, and the Lord spared my life. And so uh, here goes this Hollywood actor. Told, last thing ever was to be a pastor and evangelist. My friends thought I was nuts. But I knew that I had an encounter with God, and I knew that I had a mandate from the Lord to tell people that He's real and to be on fire for Him. And that was about 23 years ago. Wow! And uh, you know, and, and look how God is using you. <sighs> you know, it's really you think about getting 
that close to death as you were. I mean, nine times, stabbed nine times. Yeah. And, and this guy, do you, did you ever hear whatever happened to the guy that did it? It's, it's a crazy story. So we knew the captain of that uh, division, which is the Devonshire Division Police Department in Los Angeles. And he said, this guy had no record. And uh, because I was in a healing process, he said, do you really want to go through a long trial right now? And uh, honestly, I didn't because I was in recovery mode. Oh, so he just said, we'll take care of him. And so I never really heard from him. But here's what did happen. Uh, there was a mutual friend that knew him. And I uh, this was one of the hardest things. I'm glad you asked this question because I don't always share this uh, that I ever had to do. But the Lord said to me, I had to forgive this man. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wrote him a letter and uh, I heard the letter got to him and I heard he was very impacted by it. Wow. That's, that's all I really know. But I think at some point, if, if he's alive, I don't know if he's alive. Some people say that something happened to him. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, but if he is alive, I would love to talk to him. And, you know, it's honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, so the Lord will take your most tragic situation. And it, just as the scripture says in Romans, he'll turn it around yeah. for good. So what was meant it for is. evil will be turned around for good. Yeah. And now this is a story that I get to share with people. Well, it is a great story, Todd. And I have to confess that when I was researching you a little bit, I saw the actor, Todd, and I'm thinking, well, isn't that a coincidence? An actor with the same name. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's no coincidence at all. That was you. That's me. That's just great. What 4,000 people I hear are at this conference. What yeah. do you expect? Uh, the impact the NRB will have this year. You know, what I love about NRB is it's really a, a cross-section of the entire Christian community. So you have people from all different angles and positions, and, you know, you have the media, of course, people like yourself. Uh, I think it's great for us to strategize about how to take back this nation, uh, you know, things that we talked about in the early part of the, the interview here. And uh, it, it's, it's high time that we are people of action. And so I think there's a lot of movers and shakers here. I've already seen a few of them. And uh, so what I love about it is just it's, it's kind of networking, but it's also encouragement and uh, a lot of kingdom uh, appointments, you know, where the Lord will set you with a divine appointment. You get to do things together for the glory of the kingdom. So that's what I'm expecting. And oh, uh, it never, it never ceased to me. I think it's like my fifth or sixth one that I've been to. Well, it's really great to meet you, Todd. And uh, I've, I've read wonderful things about you. Finally got to meet you and have you on the program. We wish you the very best. Thank you. And man, thank you for standing up and having that courage to speak out into the darkness. Because if there's one word that we all need to hear this day, it's the fact that Jesus is Lord. That's right. You know, I, I try to focus on the positive, and that is exactly the positive, is that Jesus is Lord. He said he'll, he's with us until the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. His plan is hope in a future, and his promise is yes and amen. So I'm going to stand on that and occupy until he comes, and I'm thankful for people like yourself as well, well Thank you, Todd. Todd Coconato, my guest. We'll be back in a moment from NRB. Don't go away.